We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP, back for another installment of the Your Health is Lit podcast. So today I am so excited because I have an amazing co-host, Miss Stacia Kennedy. She is the founder of The Broke Black Girl. This group gives me life. Um, so The Broke Black Girl um, provides supportive community for Black women to openly discuss financial hardship, to seek assistance in managing our money, and to learn about financial literacy. So we promote health literacy, and the Broke Black Girls out here helping you get your money right. Yes. She's also the author of Out of a Black Girl's Heart, Flows Magic. Uh, it's amazing. And um, her just life, she just wants to help us, like, pull our whole life together, drink our water, yes. make sure our edges are growing nicely. And to yes, right. I'm a proud advocate of the edges. <laughs> okay. I'm a proud advocate of the edges. So tonight, she is our co-host. Um, Donna had a family emergency, so we are sending prayers to Donna and her family. And we are going to give you guys an update next week when Donna comes back. <laughs> so... We are going to hop into Lit News. You guys know this is the segment of the show where we discuss things in the news that catch our attention that have to do with health. So our first story for consideration, Daisha. Studies are showing that you need at least six hours of sleep or else it's bad for your heart. Do you get six hours of sleep? No, ma'am. Why, friend? No. <laughs> No, ma'am. And I know that I need to. And I was actually told that it was that it was eight. So to see that it is six now is is mind blowing. Maybe that might encourage me um, yeah. to actually go to sleep. Yeah. But I don't know. I spend so much time working. Yeah. I spend so much time working. And to be honest, I think that it's poor prioritizing. Yeah. Honestly, and and just being mm -hmm. real because during the day I could do a lot of the things that I do in the night. Yeah. But I play around. I'm probably like on social media, working on multiple <laughs> yes. projects. And don't let me start binge watching. Some yeah. watching some Netflix. I think it's just poor prioritizing our time really is why we don't really get the six hours we need. Yeah. So researchers um, have found that at least six hours of sleep lessens your risk to have um, fatty plaque build up in your arteries, which can lead to heart attack or stroke. So they researched 4,000 people that didn't have heart disease who slept less than six hours, and um, close to 30% of that 4,000 people were more likely to develop heart problems. That's and, you know, I feel like we also, like, have this culture, like, I'm hustling, I'm grinding, team no sleep. Go to bed before you die, because yeah. you're going to be grinding. We need that on a shirt. Go, Go to, to bed before you die. We need that on the show. <laughs> we do. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to do that. Go to bed before you die. Drink your water, get your edges under control, and go to bed before you die. Yeah. Because nobody, you're, that's team no sleep is dumb, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that it's a poisonous mind frame to have. I think that it's good that we have people that are eager to work hard towards their dreams, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in the 
tangible items of building my dream and hustling that we don't really pay attention to the fact that we need to take care of our health. Absolutely. What's the point of me hustling and having all of these dreams come true if I die dead smack in the middle of it? You're going to have an icebox where your heart used to be. No. Don't worry, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. so be cold, all right. It'll definitely be um, We, so in our group right now, we're in the last week of our wellness challenge in January. And this week, I have been coming for Team No Sleep. So for those of you who have not yet joined our Facebook group, do it, do it, do it. Um, sleep deprivation is equal to um, like alcohol, like the same effects of drinking alcohol and driving, not sleeping and driving. Wow. Yes. So there are so many things and so many reasons why your body needs to sleep. Your body heals itself while you're sleeping. So make sure you're getting rest. Turn your phones off. It can wait. Y'all have to sleep. And I used to work night shift. I was a night shift nurse and tech at St. Louis Children's Hospital for several years. And let me tell you, um, it's rough when you work opposite shifts. That's why they pay us extra money because they know they're 30% more likely to die <laughs> because you're working. Well, when you put it like that, look. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's really people are like, oh, I work night shift because I make more, but you're also increasing, um, the risk for your health. So I used to be very protective over my sleep, got blackout curtains and all of that. So make sure you're getting your sleep. It will literally kill you if you do not. Wow. Okay. Next lit news. Ciao. Fake Walgreens pharmacist handled over 700,000 prescriptions says state officials. And where are we at with this story? Ciao. I just want to know why this lady had seven opportunity. Oh, in the Bay Area. So sounds like California to me. Yep. So California Pharmacy Board is investigating whether three Bay Area Walgreens stores allowed an employee without a pharmacist license to verify or dispense hundreds of thousands of prescriptions. She also administered vaccinations, ordered medications, taught people... <laughs> about their prescriptions and supervised pharmacy technicians do you know what meds you take and why that's what this is about that story raises a lot of questions for Uh me Um, okay Okay. one it makes me think what was Walgreens doing what were were they thinking were they short staffed did somebody call out and and she maybe just did good in the position so they kept her like how did they allow that look, to happen? Look, there was a story, um, I think we talked about it a couple months back, about a nurse in St. Louis who pretended to be a nurse for like several years. Faked papers, fake diplomas, all of that. And I just want to know how, Sway, because they want to know my blood type, my mama blood type, my daddy blood type, all of that. Like, there's so much paperwork yeah. Like, even with my nurse practitioner position that I have now, like, girl, they want to copy my marriage. Like, all of it. There's so much work that goes into um, into doing this. And what's crazy is one of my best friends, her husband is a pharmacist. So I had to say him the story this morning. I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> and he was very disturbed. And, like, he just was like, I don't understand how this was even allowed to happen. Because, again, you know, a lot of our, our medical licenses, like it's so rigorous. And when you apply, they triple double check 
everything. Everything. So I don't know what Walgreens decided they were going to do on today over in California. And California, as far as nursing licenses go, are one of the hardest states to get a nursing license. So I'm like, oh, see, y'all just letting people pretend to be pharmacists, pharmacists. See, that's scary. That's that you know, that's extremely scary. And I'm trying to look at it from a like a, a corporate point of view, just from working in corporate America. Sometimes I know that, you know, we can be understaffed or mm-hmm. we try to run our business on an honor system thinking that this person is just telling the right. truth. Right. And you just, you know, you gotta take those same precautions as you would with anyone. And mm-hmm. that's crazy. That's extremely scary. And what's even more scary is like this is why we do what we do as far as promoting health literacy. And this is why our tagline is nobody should know you better than you. Because right. if you know that you usually take, you know, your diabetes pill is orange and you get a pink one, you need to yeah. be having questions. Yeah. Because there are you know, I love healthcare. Most people that are in healthcare, we do so coming in to help people. But there are some people out here who are just crazy. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Like, it's good that you say that because I've been, you know, to the doctor, of course, and doctors are intimidating. And yeah. you, you like almost never want to question, you know, what they say. So that's mm-hmm. another problem within itself, too, because it's not often that we'll question things. When the doctor tells us something, yeah, so to just know that yep. seven hundred people were subject to that is scary. Yes, my question too is: so whenever there's a medical issue or something happens or there is an adverse event, we have to then contact all these people. So, like, let's say something happens. Um, I was at Children's St. Louis Children's, and somehow there was a nurse that gave the wrong breast milk to the wrong baby. Mm. it was a fiasco we had to notify both of the parents um the nurse was like in over her head like it just was so much there was labs involved in this and that um and I'm just like how are we going to contact all the people that were um affected by this and then what do we then do to ensure that they know that they got the right medication and stuff was done correctly um, oh my goodness! A corporate nightmare and a medical nightmare for both. That's 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 tough. And Walgreens. So this is why we, you know, always promote and urge people to know what you're taking, know what it looks like, ask questions. Please ask us questions. That's why we are here, are to answer your questions. Um, now I may not be able to answer all. 1500 of your questions in the set time that we have for our visit when I see patients I'm like top five give me your top five things that we need and we can make a follow-up to talk about the rest but this is why you need to know what your meds look like this is why you yeah. need to know what you're taking um we've also seen a couple of recalls like today they um came through and talked to us because the children's ibuprofen at Walmart Family Dollar and CVS, I think, have all been recalled. Yeah, I saw that. Because of a manufacturer error. You need to know these things. Like, oh, do I don't know if it's Tylenol or ibuprofen. Like, no, boo. Like, you need to know. There have been a couple of um, blood pressure medications that have been recalled. So this is why it's important to know what you're taking, why you're taking it. Um, because if not, you can have um, severe issues. So... I really think it's important. Know what's in your medicine cabinet. 
know yes. that you are, you know, what you're taking, why you're taking it, and how much. Even if you have to write it down, you may not be able to pronounce the name, but you should at least know what it's for. Right. And be okay with asking questions. Like, mm -hmm. I had to really, really learn that um, as an adult, when I had to go to the doctor without my mama, because at first I was depending on my mama <laughs> to mm -hmm. say, oh, yeah, she got a headache. Or, you know, I didn't know yeah. how to go in and explain my symptoms and right. ask questions. So you definitely have to be okay with asking questions. And, and one thing that I had to learn is that when it came to my health, no question was stupid. Nope. No question was, you know, repetitive. If I got a twitch in my right arm, I need to be able to say that and communicate that because that could be anything. Exactly. So I definitely um, really want to encourage people to be okay with asking questions. Absolutely. And when I actually, so I see pediatric patients, so from zero up to 21. Now, I don't prefer to see because they're grown at 21. Once you can start buying alcohol, you don't need to come see the pediatrician no more, okay? Um, but at about 15, 16, I do start talking um, to the teenagers, like, look, you got a couple more years, like, you need to be able to start navigating your own health. You know, we'll see you until you're 21, but just know, like, you're about to become an adult. And so it's important, right. you know, and so I try to direct a lot of my questions to, you know, to the teenagers, like, this is what's going on. Do you have any questions? So I ask the parents and then I go, do you have any questions that's going on with your own body? Cause they just be looking at me like, huh? <laughs> huh? And so then we have the conversation of, you know, this is the time to start getting comfortable telling me what is going on with you because you're about to be an adult. Yeah. It's not going to be here every visit. So it's really, really important that we start um, promoting both health literacy and financial literacy because we're yes. about to go into it. So our main segment tonight, we're about to get our money right all 2019. We got to. All 2019. So people may question, like, why are we talking about money in a health podcast? Here's why. We all know that genetics um, and lifestyle can play a role in health outcomes, but poverty and low social economic status can also negatively affect your um, health outcomes as well. These are called what, um, what we call the social determinants of health. Um, so they're social factors that influence your health. So some of the things include like education, um, community contacts, your neighborhood, um, your thoughts on health and healthcare, and most importantly, economic stability. Mm -hmm. So if you, like people who aren't as educated, have worse health outcomes, people who live in certain areas, because they're like food deserts and there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that impact it. Yes. They have worse health outcomes. So economic stability is one of the major social determinants of health. This includes poverty and um, employment, food insecurity. So not knowing where you're going to get your food, not having great resources to food and housing stability. Um, so this impacts like a number, you know, your health in ways like, knowing where to go get health care, being yes. able to afford health care, being able to afford the food that I tell you to eat. So if you can only afford ramen noodles, it's full of sodium and you have high blood pressure, it may sound great when I'm like, you need to eat fruits and vegetables and a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. But if you have $5 till uh, next week, these noodles are 20 cents a pack. Okay. <laughs> so making them real life choices. Okay. So um, your economic stability really plays a role. And one of my um, stats that I found that was really disturbing to me was that African-American households 
have a significantly lower household income than other races, and we are twice as likely to be affected by things like hunger. So we're, we're twice as likely to go hungry um, compared to our white counterparts. Yeah, that's true. We make less money. What drives me crazy is the fact that we spend like we're one of, we our community spends so much money, but we're so broke. And yeah, yeah. Um, okay, look, don't get me started. No, I'm gonna let you. Started. I'm gonna let you have the floor here. Let's like, say you really gonna make me sweat my edges out. Okay, sweat them out for the culture. Do it for oh, the culture. <laughs> we spend so much money. Yeah. So in nursing school, there was a thing called um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs that I learned about. And it just basically tells us as medical staff, like, look, there are some things that people are going to have to have met first before they are even worried about their health. So as nurses and nurse practitioners, we are taught to try to assist people in making, you know, making sure their needs are met. So if you're homeless, I'm not going to be like, hey, man, make sure you're affirming yourself daily and you have high self-esteem. Bro, I'm homeless. Right. (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) So... Um, one thing I love about the place that I work is that we try to do a, a holistic approach. So in our office, we have family practice, pediatric practice where I work, whoop, whoop. Um, OBGYN, we have a chiropractor, we have mental health, um, we have an access team that will help you get Medicaid or Medicare benefits. We have recently started a um, a program where we have attorneys available to help wow. any Thing that you may have. So whether you have somebody in jail, if you're going through custody, um, and all of these things. Oh, and we also have a dental and a pharmacy all in our one facility. And we do that once because the area that I work in is a really poor area. Um, so that way all of these resources are at their fingertips. But also we understand that if you have something else going on at home, it's hard for you to focus on your health. Yeah. So I really think that, um, you know, having this discussion about money and how it directs your impacts your health is important because yes. we just had the lady that um, Donna talked about a couple weeks ago who was rationing her insulin, taking it every other day, or you know, one, or something crazy. She was like eating one time a day. It was just insane because the government had shut down and she couldn't afford her insulin. And my biggest thing was like, wow, that's sad. It's disgusting that we have to do that. But yo, where's your savings account? Yeah. A lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. Where's your savings account, sis? Because you should have at least six months reserved of all of your costs. So, you know, yeah, that sucks that the government is shut down, but this really highlights why it's so important for us yeah. to get control of our money. And so I was like, oh, I know somebody <laughs> that know about this money. And we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to talk. So, Nisha, I've done so much talking. Let the people know a little bit about you, the broke black girl. Like, what's up? Okay. Um, so, of course, my name is Daisha Kennedy. I'm 30 years old. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. About a year ago, I started an online community called The Broke Black Girl. Right now, we have around 53,000 members that are in the group. 
Um, I started the Broke Black Girl because it was really a true testament to my story, my history, my finances. I really was a broke black girl. I was not conscious of my money. I was not conscious, you know, of my spending. And it was something that I noticed I had in common with more of my peers. So I started the group to create a safe space for women of color to connect, um, educate, build relations, and be able to say, you know, hey, I messed up, I made some poor financial choices, how can I make this better? Um, again, like I said, it started about a year ago, and since then, we have been on the road to financial recovery. That's so amazing. So I know you talked a little bit about, um, like, that is what inspired you to help, you know, teach about financial literacy in our community. What are the most common financial mistakes that you've noticed that are kind of everywhere? There's not really a, a few of them more than I can say the one, the one mistake that hurts us the most is money isn't important to us until we need it and we don't have it. Mm. We, we think that it's important, um, you know, because yeah, I pay my rent, I pay my corner. Those are things we, we just handle those with ease. Right. But until um, something happens um, where we're stuck in a bind, a financial situation, like the lady you mentioned, she had the government shut down. So now out of nowhere, she's trying to cover her medicine. Right. Money was important to it wasn't important because she knew every two weeks I'm gonna get a check. Every week I'm gonna get a check. It wasn't important because we, we just live through the day. Mm-hmm. We don't have any idea of of savings. So we don't we don't think we don't pay attention to money as we really should. Our priorities when it comes to money child. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness, our priorities when it comes to money, it is just so out of whack. And that's really the biggest mistake that I see a lot of us make is we prioritize poorly. Right. Um, we, we care more about the clothes that we wear, the shoes that we buy, mm-hmm. our hair, than we care about the necessities being our health, being, you know, how we're going to eat, how we're going to sustain day to day. If something happens, how we're going to cover that if I no longer have this check. It's our priorities. When it comes to finances, we we do not really know how to prioritize. You know, I have to second that because like I mentioned, I work in um, like an inner city down here in Tampa, um, in the Tampa Bay area. And I will have people who will go, hey, can you write me a script for Tylenol, which I don't mind doing. Um, So the insurance will cover it because I don't have any money to buy Tylenol, but you have an iPhone 10. And so now I have one. Yep. (laughs) You have an iPhone 10. Now let's let's dig deeper. An iPhone 10 that I can guarantee you, you are leasing. Mm -hmm. You're paying probably $30 a month for that lease that you're not going to own when the lease is up, you're going to then have to pay an additional amount to pay it in full. So that $30, that's two, three cases of Tylenol, you know, right there. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it's not important to us until we yeah. need it and we don't have it. We don't think about it. Yeah. And it is, it's insane because, you know, our kids also learn those habits. Um, I see babies coming in in Jordans, and that's that's fine if that's what you like. You know, everybody likes to have nice things, but I think our issue is, again, like you said, prioritization. Yeah. Um, you are living in an area where you know isn't good for your son, but you want to make sure that he's in Jordans. Them shoes cost $200 a walk. 
And yeah. um, he going to run through them shoes because he's like five and their feet grow like beanstalks. And so wow. I don't understand, you know, we have this like, we're trying to show people and be flashy and do it for the gram, but you broke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? That was one of the realities behind the broke black girl because it created that space where I'm not moved by how flashy you are, you know, in here because we are all connected for one kind of reason because we make poor financial choices <laughs> and we broke. We right. keep it real, you know, in in the group. And that is one of the things that I see the most is that we feed those negative notions of money to our children. And you see elementary school students caring about what type of shoes they have on, caring about what type of clothes they have on. And these are kids who are five, six, seven. That is scary to me. And that's our future. And that's our future. So if you are breeding those type of notions and thoughts into children and they grow up and they become people in position of power to make decisions about our money, they're going to care more about how we look on the face value than they care about health care. Right. Because that's what's been taught to them, you know, their whole life is that if right. you look good, then you probably are good. We, we all know that's not the case. Right. Right. I always tell people social media is the highlight reel of your life. It's like what people yes. want you to see. My child, I'm not going to. So me and my husband, we have weekly money dates to go over our that's budget. Good. And it's something that we do, and I encourage it. Um, But that is not sexy. Like, I did not snap a picture, like, doing the budget with they out here, Al. I was like, God, I hate being an adult. (laughs) Yeah, talking about money sucks. Like, like, as much as people love me and they say, like, you know, hey, sis, but they probably hate me. I hate talking about money. Money, because it's a very uncomfortable conversation but it is very necessary necessary. it is very necessary yeah I always tell the story of how um so before we hopped on the podcast me and Daisha were gushing over how we love Beyonce and so my sister and I went on this trip to go see Beyonce and your girl wanted to go again because Beyonce is just that good I was like oh and she's coming to Tampa let me go again and my husband was like not today Satan (laughs) no no he's like you're already late you already went and it's going to be the same show and we're not putting out that same money again. Not that yeah. we didn't have it, but for what sis? Yeah. Why do you want to go again? He was like, that we can sense. go on a trip. We can put the money in savings. We can do. And it's not that, you know, we, we're not out here like, oh man, all we can afford is noodles, but we're not where we want to be either. And so it's prioritization. Like you went, yeah. it was great. That's amazing. We are not balling to where we about to do that again, though. And it takes a very mature person and couple to make a decision like that. It takes a very mature. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, it's been so much stuff I wanted to do that I just sat in my room, bawling, crying, look, hoping a miracle come out the sky. <laughs> God, you said you would make a way, Lord. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to call my mom and get the big. But, you know, sometimes we got to make those strategic sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to be able to sit out on certain things or yeah. maybe pass up um, a hairstyle or a pair of shoes mm-hmm. to be able to reach, you know, my goals. And, again, a lot of people think that budgeting and talking about money is restrictive, and it's not restrictive. It's, it's just not. prioritizing. Pri- I will have to say it has gotten 
um, to the point where I get excited because it's like strategy. So um, this past Christmas, we didn't do gifts for each other. Mm-hmm. Because one, we're going to Mexico this year for our vow renewal. And I was like, that's going to be fun. Two, right. we're um, getting ready to start investing in real estate. And so it's just like stuff. I don't know. Now that I see how other people, and when I say other people that like I admire um, as far as like money steps, um, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door. Real mm-hmm. millionaires are not out here driving Maseratis. No, they're just not. Have you seen Mark Zuckerberg? He wears yeah. t-shirts and jeans. And, like, I think he drives, like, a, a Honda or something. Yeah. They're not doing that. Real people with money do not look like it. Yes. And so I think that we have, like you said, this false view because we have these rappers out here. And they're out here like, oh, we getting it. And then they broke. And then they be yeah. out here. Look at Ja Rule on the fire festival. Look at Ja Rule. Okay. <laughs> ja is out here looking to replay. Yeah, he trying to scam people. Yeah, like, he what? almost had his foot in the door. He was almost on his way back. But... Yeah. Nah. We don't. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. And so I do think a lot of it is mindset and prioritization. Um, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So when you think about financial must-haves, what are your, you know, what's your list of things like, okay, everybody must have a budget? Yes. Yeah. I would strongly suggest everyone must have a budget. I am pro bank accounts. I know a lot of people do not like banks. I, I, I am pro bank accounts because a lot of banks have a lot of perks that come with them that can help you double your money, keep track of your money, mm-hmm. as well as there's a lot of free financial um, advisors that you may have access to. Mm-hmm. So definitely a budget, definitely a bank account, and have someone that can hold you accountable. Because it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to save 10K this year because I want to do this at the end of the year. It's easy for me to say that. But when it comes down to it and I'm like, oh, yeah, but those shoes looking, you know, mighty good. I want to dip into my savings. I need someone to say, oh, remember you said to hold me to that, you know, to hold me accountable and hold Mm -hmm. me to that standard of wanting to be better financially. So definitely a budget, definitely a bank account or have a bank that you trust, period, because it has the parts. Don't don't think about, oh, I don't trust the man with my money. Have a bank that you can trust, build a relationship with your banker so that you are aware of everything that comes with it and have an accountability partner. Yes. Um, I'm just going to, y'all, somebody please have a wheel somewhere and some life insurance. Okay? See, look... Okay. Uh, because let me tell you what's not. But see, this is the YouTube no way. I'm gonna say this. I am. De- we definitely need insurance. We definitely need insurance. Mm-hmm. But see, the reason why I didn't mention that is because having a budget first is going to show you what money you have coming in and what money right. you have going out. Because right. a lot of people don't have insurance because they think that they can't afford it. So you until can. they have a clear idea of what they have going on in their finances. Yeah then they'll have a better understanding that, oh, I can't afford this policy. Because saying get insurance to a mom who is already living paycheck to paycheck, she doesn't see that picture. She doesn't see it until she has sat down with um, with either some resources and some tools that she has gotten from someone Mm -hmm. or physically sat down with a person and looked over her finances. And when they show her that, you know, if you stop spending 
$100 a month on your nails or $200 a month right. on every pair of shoes that come out, that's a policy right yep. there. That's, that's a good policy. Yes. Yes. That's a fire yes. policy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. But one of they our don't, goals they don't see this. to do that. And so we started, we initiated the process uh, about two weeks ago. We had um, the lady come to our house because we were like, yo, like we need to get some life insurance. We're talking about having babies next year. Right. Um, we need to get our life insurance. I say that because I, because GoFundMe is not a life insurance policy. Let, let, can we just. Don't get me started. I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to say it out loud. Y'all don't at me. GoFundMe is not a life insurance policy because because you are that single mom and your babies depend on you, what happens is something happens to you. Yep. Um, so that's why it's so important. So you may have to forgo your nails. Like uh, I make a substantial amount of money a year and I don't have my nails done every two weeks. I no. know some of my patients get their nails done more than I do. I'm like, how, sis? Because the way my student loans are set up, I got to check in in a safe. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, that's how I work it's priorities. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's crazy that you mentioned that um about nails because I, I, I pushed this tagline, um, pretty priorities. And really that's just me encouraging girls to, it's okay to prioritize. It's okay to sit back on hair, nails, and clothes mm -hmm. because you look so much better when you're not ducking and dodging your landlord. You look yeah. so much better when you're not hiding your car in the garage. You look so much better when you're not scared to flip on the lights when you come home because the, the lights may be off or you're not anticipating the gas being off. You look so much better that way. Pretty priorities. That way, it doesn't matter if your nails are done, your hair done, you can't get your makeup done or whatever. That doesn't matter because yeah. being beautiful and pretty is an inside job. You look so much better when you prioritize and you taking care of your business. Come on, come through, sis. That's, that's the most beautiful. That's the most beautiful person word. in the world to me. That's a word. They better catch that. That is oh, a whole girl. word. A sermon. Come on now. Come on, Daisha. For one, look two snaps. Okay, and a twist. Okay. <laughs> Yes, you better come through. Um, so what do you say to someone who's like, girl, look, I make five cents an hour. I cannot budget. If someone wants to say, you know, that to me, because I, I heard that a lot. People, you know, they either live in paycheck to paycheck or they don't feel that they are making enough. Immediately, the first answer would seem like, okay, maybe you need to get a better job. Maybe you need to get a, a second source of income. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, that may be true. But what I would say to them is sit down, do an assessment of your monthly income and your monthly expenses. Because a lot of times the money is there. It's mm -hmm. the small, it's the small leaks that sink the ship. Yes. So the money is yes. there. But if you're buying a coffee every day, a breakfast sandwich every day, being for parking because you don't want to walk two blocks to your office, those add up. And perfect example. Um, when I was working, I was working downtown and I, in a month, I probably was spending probably $500 on food and parking. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's, that's more than my core note. So just imagine if I would have paid attention to that much earlier, I could have had my car paid off way sooner because I could have been doubling up on payments mm -hmm. or all of the things that I said I couldn't do or I couldn't afford, I really could have put that money somewhere else. 
it's but the 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 prices were so small we just so easily swipe yes. our oh it's two dollars oh it's five dollars it, yes. it's nothing and those add up yep and so when we say like all i do is pay my rent and pay my bills i don't know where all my money is going it's you know small leaks yes my husband and i we sat down and did that junk and let me tell you that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Snap together. This that little eating out. Does the spirit of eating out had to get rebuked in the name? Okay. Of the, all names, honey, because we were easily spending. Easily. One time we were doing our taxes. Um, it was the year of our Lord 2016. And let me tell you, nothing was the same like Drake. We do not eat out like that. <laughs> because we were spending like two, like easily two, three grand Lottie. Why? No. no. Do you no. know what we could have went? What we could have did? Do you know? Yes. Like, sir, this got to stop. Yeah. We were eating out, and like Ooh. you said, it's nothing. Five dollars here, ten dollars there, honey. Over three hundred and sixty-five days. It's so bad. Um, the pediatrician that I share an office with, he goes, "I pack my lunch most days. I'm not gonna lie and say all, but most mm -hmm. days I pack my lunch for work." And um. I call him my office brother, my pediatrician office brother. I said, hey, how much do you spend every day you going out to eat? He was like, probably about $7. I said, sir, do you know that's like, do a, like a hundred, two hundred, four, like that's like $2 a month. Do the math. Like, that's oh, crazy. You tripping. I was like, that's oh, crazy. You a doctor, doctor, huh? Because you, <laughs> it's like $140, bro. That's $35 a week. <laughs> like, 70 and 70 that's 140 dollars that's scary that's that scary sir i don't care how much money i make that that's that's, scary. that's and if you do that in a month in a year yo when you do it in a year and it, and it add them zeros on the end buddy, that really is scary you know what i'm gonna do with that <laughs> it really buddy, is no. buddy no buddy no so i definitely I definitely think you're right. Like assess the budget if you feel like you don't make enough money because I will say that there are levels to this. And I think that's what people need to understand yeah. is that just because you have more money, uh, what Biggie say, more money, more problems. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't budget with what you have now, having more money does nothing. For it you. does absolutely nothing because with nothing. that, with the increase comes, um, increase in lifestyle yeah and then your mind hasn't changed your yeah. mind hasn't changed so if, if you know if if i go from just making a couple of thousand a year then the next day i wake up and i'm a millionaire i don't know i wouldn't know what to do with that money broke i want to be broke i wouldn't know what to do you know with that money and me saying i is just speaking in a general sense because your the mind hasn't changed your mind yeah. has has to change first mm -hmm. how you look at money and view money how you feel about money money should become your friend not your enemy right. and where and you drive that friendship right. because the money doesn't just go in your hand and do whatever it wants to do you decide where the money goes mm -hmm. how you spend it but the mind has to change before right. we see any changes financially the mind has to change first and that's why health and finances go hand in hand be, because the mind has to change first. How you feel about money has to right. change. And then you'll see the results financially. Right, right. Um, so if someone is just starting out with getting their finances together, um, let's say like right after their budget, what is the next step that you suggest that they take? 
Right. Okay. So after they have created the budget, I would say the very next step is to, and this was, this is what I would do. Okay. I would clear out the people who I have around me who promote negative choices. Now that may be hard, but once you start taking your financial journey serious, like you've created the budget, you have, you understand what the problem is you really have to clear your space out because if you're saying like, oh, I can't go out this weekend with my friends, I can't go out to eat, I'm explaining to my family why I can't buy Christmas gifts. If they don't get that, I have to steer clear because now I know what the bigger picture is. So once the person has created the budget, the the next step is actually doing it. And you can't do it. I'm not going to say you can't. It's going to be hard to do it when you are trying to go right, but you have so many people pulling you left. So it it will be definitely to start doing it. it, That may sound simple, create the budget, then do it. But that really is the formula. Create Mm -hmm. the budget and stick to it. Write the vision, make it plain, child. Yes, yes. Especially especially when you have goals that you are trying to reach. Mm -hmm. Like, is this pair of shoes worth me having a setback? Is, you know, going out to brunch with my friends worth me having a setback? It's right. not. And if people, if the people around you don't understand that, you really have to clear your circle out. And sometimes you got to take a year off and be okay with it. You got to take some time off and focus right. on budgeting, focus on your goals, your finances to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is so powerful because I definitely, I didn't know what she was going to say. She'd be the next. <laughs> but yeah. you got it. It's like it's like breaking a bad habit. It's like if you are a recovering alcoholic, you then, you know, once you start step one, admitting you have the problem and you come up with a plan, you can go out and kick it with those same friends that can take you to the bar. Because it's going to impede your, you know, your journey of freedom. And in this case, we're talking about financial freedom. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that is just as important. That is just as important. Do you know how I remember before I really got it together with my finances, like going going out to eat with my friends and only ordering the appetizer because I'm just here just to say I'm here. Not, I'm not even enjoying it because I really don't got the money to be here, right. but just out of the sake of, oh, we friends and I just want to be here. I just want to be social. When in reality, I should have said, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make it this time. You know, I'll catch you guys later. But people make choices like that every day. I right. see people do stuff like going on trips just to say they went um, on credit. On credit when they couldn't even afford it. And you so you're not even enjoying it. You're not even enjoying it. The whole time you're there, you're probably like, okay, what if my life, my life's going to be cut off when I get home? I got to go home, try to pick up an extra shift, borrow right. money from somebody. It's not, it's not worth it. Right. So the moment you realize what your problem is, and in this case, financially, whatever right. it is that was holding you back from moving forward once you create your budget, the next step is you have to get around positive people, people yeah. that are going to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. people that are going to that are trying to go where you are going and it's not to say like you cut your friends off but you create healthy boundaries your friends i feel like are going to support you in what you're doing and so if your friends if you like look y'all uh first of all sis is trying to do something new with her life and one they're either going to join you on the journey or support your journey right so your friends will then be like you know what girl let's find some free things that we can do i was on group process and found Girl. 5.99 that looked like fun it's gonna take us out of our comfort zone it may not you know it may, i was on eventbrite and it found a true. free networking thing i feel like if you surround yourself with people because you are the you know the quality of your friends you are the sum of your circle 
they will, y'all will make it work. We can still go out and have fun and it'd be free 99 because that's my favorite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, my family know the first thing coming to my mouth is how much it costs. Yes. That's all I want to know. Yes. Okay, so we've talked so much about mentality um, with your financial bad habits. And we kind of touched on this, but do you believe that financial bad habits are passed down generationally? Girl, yes. Yes. One, because I'll say this. In um in an African-American household, we, and this isn't good, but often children are to be seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. So the adults are not including children in money conversations. Right. I never heard anyone in my family talk about money until it was either a yeah. delinquent bill, a problem, or somebody owed somebody okay. money. So yeah. all you ever heard was the bad part, you know, of money. Right. Or you see your parents, you know, living a lavish lifestyle, but you live with them. So yeah, they look good and they they, they dress good and their hair mm-hmm. is good, but then you go home and it's no food. You know, so then you start picking up those habits and you start prioritizing the exact same way where if you dress up and you go out in the world and you smiling and everybody thinks that it's all good, that becomes more important to you than actually running an effective household. Right. I, I, yes. It's be, and one, because, and, and, and to give our parents some slack, they didn't know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a never ending cycle. So a, a mom or a dad only can teach you or show you what they know. And a lot of times they really didn't know. Right, and before right. that, they didn't know. So yes, it's definitely passed down. And I don't think that it's passed down on purpose. Right. Nobody knows. So we figure it out through trial and error. Right. Right. Absolutely. And one of those things um, that I can even speak to, like in, in terms of um, student loan debt, um, both of my parents are military, and so they went to the military. They, we, none of us had experience with student loans, student loan debt, and so it took for me to go through school and accumulate the student loan debt and then have to come up with a way to manage it for me to then be like, okay, um, when we have kids, Y'all gonna do two years of community college first, sis, yep. because that's going to be cheaper. Because and this is what happened. So I was going, I went to UMSL, um, and I wanted to take more credits than they would allow me. So like the max you could take is like twelve, and I was like, I'm trying to get into my nursing program sooner. So how mm-hmm. can I take you know eighteen credits? I look, I always do the most, but <laughs> I wanted to take eighteen credits. They were like, well. You can't do it here, but what you can do is take classes at the community college. And my AMP teacher was like, oh, yeah, I teach over at um, Full Valley Community College, too. Wait, what? I'm paying $243 a credit hour, and you teach at Full Valley Community College? Ma'am, this is a shenanigan. This is a sham. This is this, this, this. <laughs> oh, y'all got over, got over. Mm-hmm. My kids will be going to community college the first two years, and y'all gonna do the A plus program, and y'all gonna get y'all associate's degree for free ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. The amount of debt, and luckily for me, I had a plan, so that's why I work where I work. I work at a federally qualified health center, so I don't make as much as other nurse practitioners make. 
but for my years of service, my student loans get paid off. And so it equates out to me because y'all can have all this, all okay. this unto you. So, and I love what I do and I love where I work. And I'm glad that I have, have a plan and had a plan from the beginning as to how I was going to manage the amount of student loan debt I had occurred. And I'm in a field where I am able to do that. But everybody doesn't have that plan. And my no. parents didn't know. So it wasn't like I was stupid, but they just didn't know. I'm, you know, I'm the first one to go straight out of high school into college. Yeah. Um, and now it's a lesson learned. And it's something that I'll be able to tell my kids, like, listen, this is what we're not about to do. Okay. You first of all, you're not gonna be living on campus and you in the same city. Okay? Why was I living on Humphrey's campus and my parents live 20 minutes down the road? And you know be why? Cute. Because they look good. They're trying you to be look cute. good. Trying to be cute. Do you hear me? Trying to be cute. Uh-huh. That, and that's how we always end up broke because they look good. You yeah, know, going I, to a university and on campus, it all look good. Happened, my whole life changed. I moved. I got off campus, moved in with my well, he was my uh, boyfriend at the time, and now my husband. Like, I was like, look, I'm moving in. Okay, <laughs> we done paying this college campus money. <laughs> like that, it just it changed. Um, but I know so many people struggle with student loan debt. Yeah. So have a plan. But my parents didn't know to tell me, and so it was something I had to experience. And now I cannot help yep. my kids. Yep, that is true. That is true. That's that's what I say. We we often learn through trial and error because it's our parents really you know, don't know. And again, um, they're really trying to figure it out in most cases. Right. So in most cases, they're really trying to um, figure it out themselves. And so they don't have it to teach because they really don't know. Right. Right. By the time they know or really figure it out, we're in our 20s already messing up. Right. 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 So we talked a lot. Um, my next question was going to be how to ask you about mindset and our culture and how it impacts our finances. But I feel like we oh, yeah. that all up, up in here because really yeah. it does start with mindset. And that's the same thing oh, yeah. with control of your health. If you feel like everything that I say to you as a healthcare provider is a lie and the man is coming for you. Okay, well then, sir, guess what? You're just going to have diabetes, hypertension, cholesterol, yeah. all of it. You're just going to have it. And so until your mindset changes that you are going to make a change, um, it'll stay the same. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely, definitely think that that, you know, that mindset in the culture. Um, yeah. What I do love is like our culture now is changing so much. Us, the millennials, you know, the, was like 82 to 90, uh, whatever. Anyway, from the 99 to the 2000, us, <laughs> we are, um, changing the way that, you know, we look at money. Yeah. In the way yeah. that we look at like, there's so many people that are like, take care of your mental health, take care of your health, take care of your body. And so I'm hoping that that's something that we're starting to see the shift of being more self-aware and um, taking responsibility for some of the stuff that we can own. I feel like a lot of times or sometimes as a culture, we can try to blame things on stuff that happened to us in the past. Yeah. Those, things, those things happen. And that is very true. We've always been not given... Um, an equal playing field, but yes. then at, at some point it has kind of shifted from other people being detrimental to us to us being detrimental to ourselves. Oh yes, and I, that, I agree with that. that's where we need to pick up and go. Okay, now it's time for us to take some responsibility. Yeah, Tuskegee happened. That was horrible. The Tuskegee experiment where they injected all these black people with syphilis just to see like 
how like and we had the cure and we're like let's just see how it progresses that's horrible the medical yeah. like we did that as the medical um the you know the medical industry mm-hmm. but now what's the excuse because because like so now what's the excuse because right. it's, not, it's not us like it's not us you're buying the zuzus and wham whams you're going to white mm-hmm. castle at two in the morning getting a number two with no pickles and cheese fries and an orange tree. yeah that's, that's true that's, that's true. what I, that's what i get from white castle <laughs> when i'm in st louis okay you're yeah, doing that every week. so you know i do think that a lot of it is our um you know, starting just to take some responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. And that so, goes back to the accountability part as mm-hmm. well. Um, as well as having someone else hold you accountable. You have to be able to hold yourself accountable okay. for the financial choices that, you know, that you make. Um, especially once you know what the problem is. Once someone has given you the formula, if you stop doing, you know, XYZ, you will be able to save and that'll put you in a better position financially. Once someone has given you that and you still decide to go against it, you have to be accountable, you know, for the outcome. You know, if you it's end up the man. Yeah, yeah. Once someone has given you the formula and you don't do it, it's no one to blame, you know, but yourself. Yeah. But I definitely agree. Yeah. I definitely and one agree. thing that I've learned in navigating my finances is what people have to understand, just like it's levels to being broke, it's levels to this. Because once you start saving and you start making money, you are not going to save yourself to generational wealth. You're going to have to then start learning how to invest, start learning how to do X, Y, and Z. And that's a whole nother, like, what? Yes, that is. (laughs) What's so crazy is, like, we live in a world where it's extremely possible now. It's extremely possible to have multiple sources, you know, of income. Mm -hmm. And it's encouraged because it's so easy. Yep. It's so easy. Like for me, um, the, with everything that I have going on with the broke black girl, I left my job in nine months after launching the broke that's black. That's amazing. Girl. So that's all I do, you know, full time. Like we live in a, a digital world right now. Mm-hmm. I do so all of like my income now is all online based. Right. Like if I wanted to, I could stay in my bed all day, but that's not good for my health either. So right. I yes. move. Right. But right. but you know, but yeah, it's possible. It's it's possible to, you know, increase your income. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of being more conscious of your money as well. It's not all about saving. And I never want anyone to feel comfortable staying where they're at. Right. But first understand why you are there. Because like right. we see if if you don't understand why you are where you are, if I show you how to make a million dollars and you get a million dollars. All I have done was giving you a loaded gun to play with. Yep. Yep. Girl, that's a word. That's a word, sis. Okay. So tell our listeners um, about how the broke black girl can walk them, um, walk with them on their financial uh, freedom journey. Yes. So um, if you want to join the group, you can find us on Facebook at The Broke Black Girl. I mean, we will help you on your financial journey because in the group, not only do we talk about finances, we have a sisterhood. It's an open, supportive, and safe community where we all um, aim to hold each other accountable. So if someone in the group mentions that they want to start saving more money, or earn more money, or take care of their debt, we all jump in and we help. We share mm-hmm. all of the tools and the resources that we have available to us, to that person that's aiming to move forward on their financial journey. Yeah. And what's so dope, so look, I got added to the group. Um, I have one of my best friends, Kelsiera, mm-hmm. she is Bay, and I love her. <laughs> and so she added me to the group. And even in the group, like, there are a group of um, 
nurses. And so someone's like, I'm a new grad nurse. And literally, like, Kelsey, I was like, here, apply here. Talk to this person. And now yep. the girl work at Children's. And, yeah, you know, like, and that girl is my cousin. And that girl is my cousin. Whitney. Yeah, that's Whitney. Yeah. Yes. Shut up. See? Yes. And so it's just, it's so dope there were I saw that people were like I want to own a home health company and so I was like yo me and my sister used to do this in St. Louis like y'all let's talk and I was able to get like four or five of us together and like answer questions and it just was it was so it was dope like it is it's so awesome because we all genuinely just want to help each other like this is what I got what you got this is what I Mm -hmm. like what you got and we we um we just we work it out and yeah i love that i I definitely love the support um that we have in the group where no one feels alone you know no one feels alone everyone feels okay with with asking um those hard maybe even embarrassing questions yeah i definitely love that about the community yep so where can our listeners contact you and get your book tell us about your book so the name of my book is called Out of a Black Girl's Heart Flows Magic. It is 101 Affirmations to Awaken the Creativity Inside of a Black Girl's Heart. Um, for me, writing was my saving grace. Um, when I was growing up, I loved to write poems and short stories. I used to read a lot of books. And so I, I just started writing and having a journal. First, of, let me say this. If you do not journal, start journaling. Start writing down, you know, your thoughts. I actually came across one of my journals from 2017. And in the journal, I said, I'm on my way to Chicago to work on a book called Out of a Black Girl's Horror Flows Magic. And I wrote that in my journal, July 2017. Wow. And I released the book January 2019. So it's, it's just the power of, of those words, the power of a- affirmations. And it, it just has a lot of positivity in there. If you're feeling down about yourself, pick one of the affirmations, read them to encourage yourself, to uplift you, meditate on them. It, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback about the book. And um, I think it would be a great read for a lot of young black girls. That's amazing. Girl, that is so amazing. So on Facebook, please, 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 the broke black girl. Um, and then can we they email questions to the yes. So you can find me um on Facebook at the Broke Black Girl, on Facebook as Daisha Kennedy, Instagram as the Broke Black Girl, and you can DM me. Um my email um information is on the Facebook page as well. You can email me questions, join the group. I'm pretty open and very responsive. Amazing girl. You better slay. That interview is everything. You have to yes, thank you. Thank well, you for having me. Come back. Uh, okay, so last part of our story, y'all. Y'all know we do a health highlight or the podcast. Um, and tonight, I just want to shout out Dr. Melissa Freeman. Um, she's a 92-year-old physician who has practiced internal medicine for more than 60 years. Um, at 92, she splits her 92. 92. Okay, I'm turning Ooh. 29, and I'm already talking about how I'm tired, and ma'am is 92 two years old. She has a private practice that she has ran for 40 years in New York City. She treats people who are um, addicted to drugs like heroin and oxy. Um, she is the granddaughter of a slave who moved to New York in the late 1800s. Um, she's lived in the Bronx, went to, um, she went to medical school when President Eisenhower was in office. <laughs> like, 
she has seen so many things in her life that is just so amazing. Um, she, she treats between 150 to 200 patients every year and sometimes stays as late as 9 p.m. Um, and she said not that she can see in the future, no, when she asked about retirement. And let me just tell y'all how she is goals and Black Girl Magic and everything else all rolled into one at the age of 92, catching the subway, treating patients for more than 60 years. I need all of us to just give a round of applause. <laughs> To Miss Freeman, okay, come on, Miss wow. Freeman. Yes, that's determination. That's life. Beautiful determination. Can you just imagine, like the the things that she's seen change over the last ninety two years? My nana is also um, ninety three, and yeah, like some of the stuff that we talk about, man, nana, like how the world has changed in your lifetime. Um, so yes, that's Black Girl Magic. Shout out to Doctor yeah. Freeman who's out here handling the opioid epidemic, and she's 92. And I'm 29, and today I was like, can I just hit the low note, because I'm tired. Um, <laughs> and I don't know anything about life. So you guys, we are wrapping up. That is the last part of our podcast. Your help is lit. Thank you, Daisha, for being my special Thank you. And Thank you for having me. Amazing. Good night, you guys.